The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat come to minnesota jill hirsch your petty drama can't take this warrior down jamie all some people call me cold but it's not me it's that minnesota weather sarah gibbs you may not like the cut of my jet but that's what you get from sarah gibbs richie d if you can't be cool you can't be with caduce megan shah i may be a model but i'll never be your model minority samaj bledson the fun bus is here and i'm driving on the turn Pike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins, Philstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. something cold to drink so you can calm down yeah i need to drink some water eat a piece of bread and maybe Mm -hmm. calm down so you can rage calmly (laughs) because i don't want you to be you know passively provocative (laughs) the fuck does that mean it means a white person not trying to say aggressive Yes, what it means. yes, yes, exactly. It w- it literally means somebody, PK probably, told Dorit, do not use the word aggressive with her. And yeah. Dorit came up with passively provocative. What is that? That is like me sitting in my underwear, like my Hanes underwear. So I'm just sitting on my couch <laughs> and being provocative very passively. <laughs> Active provocative yeah. would mean that I would wear, you know, Victoria's Secret or something. Active, and no, like, active ah. provocative would be if you wore a short dress without underwear, like Erica, right? That's active. Yeah, that would be active provocative. My yeah, it's aggressively like, yeah. provocative. Is Haynes. Is <laughs> <laughs> passively provocative. What does that even mean? Oh, I think it's like another sh- word for shady. Like, it's like another yeah. word for shady. That's all it is. It's air it's it, it's so funny because Dorit says that, and then she says, I've been known to use the wrong word. I'm like, yeah, you're doing it right now. <laughs> okay. We're talking about rehearsals of Beverly Hills Reunion Part 1, and we're talking about Vanderpump Rules. And I would like to start with Vanderpump Rules, truly mm-hmm. because 
I just watched Beverly Hills and mm. I'm too heated. Mm-hmm. Like I'm okay. I'm heated to a point where I think I might start crying. Oh, don't cry. Yeah, exactly. They don't deserve your tears. They don't. No, they don't deserve my tears, but they're triggering me to a place that's really painful. Uh-huh. I it, it makes me too angry. It's giving me a lot of the same shit that I felt watching Dallas Reunion, mm-hmm. watching the women in New York. Like yep. I know that they canceled New York because they were probably probably trying to avoid this type of a conversation. Right. Because Bravo loves to prop up Ramona. Bravo loves to prop up Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna was on like eight Watch What Happens in the course of this season. Mm -hmm. So I know Bravo is trying to protect their like big talent and they really tried it and it's not working. It's it's really, really upsetting. To It was really upsetting. it, It comes down to the point of where you, I am questioning me watching this show. I'm, I'm like, am I the crazy person? Yeah, I'm questioning myself watching Bravo in the first time in all these years. I am actually like, I'm done with Bravo not changing with the times, not understanding where their audience is. I am just done with all of that. We might have to change our uh, podcast to talk about something else because <laughs> fuck, I, I like, I am, I am so said that I don't want to watch this cringeworthy show and get mad and upset and angry with Bravo and consuming Bravo and giving them the ratings for them triggering me. It's It feels yeah. like very masochistic where yes. I am I am paying Bravo yes. to oh my God. Yes. be hurt yes. and angry. And yes. I don't, I don't, I'm not a masochist, so I don't like it. I don't like being in this position. I don't like this feeling at all. So it's making me to come to a point where I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. This is not entertaining to me. This is not funny to me. Either hold your talent accountable for some really fucking shitty stuff they do, or I just need to stop watching because I don't know what else to do. I don't know how else to respond to this. It boiled my blood to a point where I had to take multiple breaks from it. That's why it took me. I told you I was finishing up the episode like two hours ago. I literally just finished it 30 seconds before we started recording because Mm -hmm. it took me so long to watch it. I was just too fucking upset. So Mm -hmm. I would like to talk about something lovely which is this heartwarming Vanderpump Rules episode. Lovely, wholesome Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? What? Oh, God. Oh, God. Who knew the Vanderpump Rules in 2021 would be wholesome content? <laughs> what? Just filled with random babies and parenting mistakes and, oh and engagements and fireworks and what a good excitement. time. Excitement about the huge empty polo ground. It's <laughs> literally crying. Crying. crying literally crying. crying. <laughs> I was there. Uh, in the world. <laughs> One of the funniest things to me this episode was mm-hmm. Rand's excitement for pickleball. But the funniest <gasps> thing about it was Lala goes, I'm used to dating athletes. I'm mm-hmm. like, ma'am, you've been with, you're 30 years old and you've been with Rand for as long as you've been on the show. So what right, do you mean? Like you're five used years. to years. Yeah. What, been, how many years? Yeah. 
Ooh, no, and athlete? remember, and you were pretending you were dating an athlete while you were dating Rand. Exactly. She, remember, she started that rumor that she was dating a football player, but actually, yeah. she was like <laughs> dating Rand, Rand and his neck. But Rand and actual football, <laughs> Rand and his neck together make an actual football. <laughs> It's like, what are you talking about? Lala is, Lala is so delusional. But even as she's saying it, even as she's saying it, she kind of like nervously giggles. And I feel like the nervous giggle was her being like, I'm lying and nobody mm-hmm. believes this. Mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get called out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Rand is really cringy, but somehow mm-hmm. Tom Sandoval is even more cringy. Uh, and somehow Tom Schwartz is even more cringy. <laughs> like they were... <laughs> They were one-upping each other on how not to treat your wife or girlfriend. The whole person that did the best was James. Who knew? Every every one of them was like cringeworthy. Tom Sandoval doesn't treat Ariana bad, but he does treat everybody else Okay, he doesn't bad. treat Ariana bad, but like... His true wife is Tom Schwartz, so he does treat Tom Schwartz bad. That's true, his true wife is Tom Schwartz. But also came into a bedroom where Ariana was sleeping and opted to piss on a fur coat that Ugh. was in their room. So Ariana woke up to probably the smell of urine, then proceeded to bake his pee into his fur coat. Really? He's so extra. I <sighs> want him to shut the fuck up. I want to... Sl- okay, Okay, I know that previously I said that he had blocked me on my personal Instagram. Thank God. Yeah. Because he is the worst. Okay, he's the worst. He's so corny. I can't stand him. No, he's corny, but he's not the worst. There's like layers. He's the worst in one thing. No, here's what I think about Tom Sandoval. Mm -hmm. He is corny. And yes, he's not traditionally the worst because Mm -hmm. he might be a decent human being but the fact that he opts to surround himself by terrible people tells me that like he really blossoms around pieces of shit and it's like he there's you know there's people who thrive in chaos tom Mm -hmm. sandoval thrives in chaos because he gets to be the man on top i don't know i i think that's that's a little too harsh on tom tom sandoval i i think the worst person between in if between the two terms of course it's words is of the course, worst. no. But why are you lugging this lump of shit around if you're actually a decent person? Yeah, I guess from that inference, then then yes, yes. because he's hanging around with Schwartz because in comparison to Schwartz, he comes off as more efficient, more organized, more successful, and more uh, a much kinder person. So he's yes. like by he, he's carrying around with him. Um, somebody it's like carrying somebody with you that is going to make you look better yeah what is that called like a posse with him that makes him look better like but a it's hype really man. hype man but he's not really a hype man either it's a something that compares something that you compare to and you say oh compared to that this is better tom shorts is a physical manifestation of the bar the low bar that mm-hmm. tom sandoval surrounds himself with yeah, He's like, this is the bar. Look how much higher I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the name of their bar. Low A bar. very low bar. Very low bar. <laughs> yes. The way Schwartz talks to Katie. Oh, my God. Because the scene starts off with Katie telling him that, look, Tom is steamrolling you. And he says, no, Baba, no. That no. is insulting to me. Why are you saying this? And she's like, nope, he is. And... 
she's right. But yep. he's like, am I going to, uh, do I respect her? And he's like, oh, I do. But then Tom is going to steamroll me about saying that he's steamrolling me. So Schwartz is such a pussy. And he yes. wants to, uh, and, and and calling him pussy insults pussies all around. Yes. But he's yes. such a such a weak, weak, weak ass He's person. a weasel. Weasel is what he is. And he goes and he is afraid of telling Tom that he's wrong because he's afraid that Tom would yell at him. Yep. Katie pointing that out somehow makes Katie the bad person. Yep. And he proceeds to do, this is passively provocative. <laughs> he does this all throughout the show and he's done this all throughout all of the seasons, Forever. right? He's always gaslit Katie. He's always trying to say something that puts down Katie and he calls it then he's like, I'm just busting your balls, Bubba. Yes. Like, no, but it, like you said in the last episode that Katie must have like really low self-esteem to be with him and that Tom Schwartz is you know, verbally abusive and he gives examples of it all throughout the episode constantly you have to have extremely low self-esteem to have your boyfriend dump beer over your head on national tv and then still marry that man true so it almost feels like she said you have a small dick and your dick doesn't work and she felt bad for it and she's still saying sorry to him by being married to him. Yeah, it's wild. I don't think yeah. Katie thinks very positively of herself. Mm -hmm. I don't think it helps that Katie is surrounded. Katie lives in a world where people like Katie shouldn't like themselves. Right? Raquel was saying how she has very low self-esteem, but I think Raquel talks about it. Yeah. So she's confronting it and she's addressing it and she's overcoming it. Katie doesn't talk about it. She bottles mm -hmm. it all up. Mm -hmm. And then she medicates herself and then she just shuts down. And Katie actually presents the opposite. She wants to try to present the opposite that she's very smart and she's very mm -hmm. put together and she's, you know, above it all and all this stuff. Right. But Katie actually presents in a very cold way. Yeah. And it's probably because she's not talking about the fact that she probably thinks very low of herself. You know that if Katie was to address those things about herself, what she would also unpack is that the people that she She's surrounded with the people that she's chosen to surround herself with are people who have benefited from her thinking so poorly about herself mm -hmm. and that is an uncomfortable truth that you would have to like really come to terms with mm -hmm. that's really hard she probably yeah. doesn't want to do that so she's like right. you know what I'd rather ignorance is bliss she's like I'll, I'll just wait and hang around until he does something so egregiously wrong that when I leave him that I will not be blamed I will be told I would be martyred and I'll be fine and I can leave she's still waiting for him to cheat again that's yes. all I feel like she's yeah. waiting to see if he cheats again but he's such a weasel he's not going to do that or if he does it he's covering up his tracks really he's well he's always covering up his tracks by playing aloof yeah he is literally tells her you have a Karen hairstyle. Yeah. Then he, you know, when ja James gets the um, thing. When James says, says, fuck, Mary kill. Fuck, Mary kill. He's like, you can kill Katie. Like, why? Why would you do that? And then in that conversation with Sandoval, he tries to okoyono her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, don't make me okoyono. <laughs> and... And she's right. That was literally, we watched Sandoval gaslight Tom Schwartz and Tom Schwartz full like a cheap pizza slice, slice of New York pizza, like you said. Don't ever <laughs> compare him to a delicious slice of New York pizza, okay? That's he, true. He folded like, I don't know, I can't think right now. He folded, you know, he folded, pee, pee, no, pee he folded like, he folded, he folded like a napkin in Candace Dillard's hand. Oh, yes. 
That's mm. that's a good one. Yeah, he was a- already pre-folded, so so he, he was, was already pre-folded. pre-folded. <laughs> exactly. exactly, that's true that he was already pre-folded. Really, literally, he's yeah, like, yeah. Tom Sandoval will gaslight Schwartz, and then Schwartz will gaslight Katie. Mm-hmm. Katie and Schwartz will have a conversation, and Katie will say, "Hey, I think that you're being manipulated by Tom." And mm-hmm. Shorts will say, you're right. I'm going to talk to Sandoval about it. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and talks to Sandoval about it. And then Sandoval tells him, you're not being manipulated by me. Your wife is a bitch. No, and he's not Sh- even doing that. He Sandoval doesn't even have to tell that, say that. Literally, Schwartz goes and says, I came here to say that you were manipulating me, but really, I'm being manipulated myself. I'm manipulating myself, and it's it's probably because of Katie. He does it all yeah, himself. Right. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't, Sandoval doesn't even have to say anything. He's like, Katie is saying, you know, and I know that sky is blue. Sandoval keeps calling it red. Can you please go tell him that the sky is blue? You should stand up and yeah. speak for yourself. So then he goes to Sandoval and say, I wanted to say that the sky is blue. Katie was trying to tell me to tell you that guy is blue. Why even bring Katie in that conversation? Yeah. Sandoval says, no, it's not. It's red. And immediately Schwartz says, yeah, you're right. It's red. It's really my problem. I need to get my eyes checked. And yes. no, I need to work on it and get my eyes checked. And maybe that's why I feel like the sky is blue, but maybe it's not. You are right. Of course, you're right. And I need to work on saying this. I need to work on my own health. Yeah. If I were Katie, I would have lost it. I cannot be in a marriage with a person where my husband has no backbone yeah. and is essentially completely relying on Tom mm-hmm. for his success. And failures. Whatever Tom does, if Tom fails, so does Tom Schwartz. If Tom Sandoval wins, so does Tom Schwartz. Again, it comes down to Katie having bad self-esteem. And <sighs> that's very sad. And it's I, yeah. I want Katie to get the fuck out of there. And like, because you know what? Katie is, I bet in Katie, for Katie in Los Angeles, she's like a four. Mm-hmm. And in New Jersey, Katie is like a 27. Okay. Exactly. She's yes. She's gorgeous. She's got... I don't know what she has going for her, but she's mm-hmm. great. <laughs> yeah, even in DC, even with the Karen hair shell, that's actually in in DC. <laughs> yeah, it's, I kind of have the same haircut right now. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Sheena and Brock. What do you think about first of all Brock holding Sheena's baby? I've never seen the baby look smaller. I was like, is this a is this a preemie? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just that Brock is but- just so gigantic that her baby looks teeny tiny but then the baby's on Sheena and I'm like oh that's a normal size baby and then yeah. Brock takes the baby and I'm like don't eat the you're gonna squish the baby <laughs> somebody take the baby don't away eat, from the giant don't eat the baby it is a he is a giant the way he's holding the baby you know when we hold the baby you, you hold the head yeah. and the rest of the body is on your arm yeah, but you feel the leg of the baby would be at your elbow, right? Yeah. A normal size baby. No, for Brock, it's like the baby. The baby fits in the palm of his hand. Palm of his head, it's like <laughs> tiny. Oh my god! <laughs> now, what do you think about the summer moon and ocean play date and Brock's family being in Australia and Lala's okay. reaction to it? I it was hilarious that Lala and Sheena were immediately judging each other's parenting styles. They were judging each other's relationships. They were judging how the men in their men in their relationships were either being a good father or not. Yeah. And would and both of them were right. Yes. <laughs> like, 
the point was that Lala is right about everything about Sheena and Brock, and yeah. Sheena is right about everything about Lala and Randall. So uh, no lies detected. Here. No lies detected. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I completely agree. I completely agree. I think. I would like to know more about Brock's situation because the way he started crying about his Did children, he though? Did he though? He tried to squeeze out a couple of tears. Okay, so I just, believe it. He, he I tried believe to. It. I don't I know. Do. I, I do don't believe know. it and I'll tell you why. I know that Sheena has not had the greatest pick of men. Mm-hmm. I understand. That's an understatement. Right. But mm-hmm. Sheena also seems like somebody who, like Sheena's not putting up with Brock's shit either. Is she? I don't know. Maybe she I is. don't know. She may be. Maybe she's she not trying like, to get squished by the giant. She, start, she immediately, she starts giving him shit about going and practicing pickleball instead of taking care of the baby. And then the minute he starts getting, pushing back at her about it, she stays, she immediately blames her hormones instead of saying, no, I'm right. It right. has nothing to do with hormones. You were shitty this morning and you needed I, to be there. Mm, I'm hypnotized by Brock body is what it yeah. is and his acting. yeah so yeah i can't i i'm too biased to make a comment but all i'm saying is rock saying i had my first child at 20 we were mm-hmm. together and then we broke up and mm-hmm. she decided to cut off all contact with my me and my kids mm-hmm. it feels like a possibility but then he also says she moved on with their stepdad and the stepdad filled the role of father mm-hmm. i'm like just because the stepdad filled the role of father doesn't mean that you don't also make an effort to be their father. Right. It was just like confusing the way he phrases it, but mm-hmm. he's so cute. <laughs> I'm too biased. Okay, I'm sure by next week I'll hate him. Yeah, you do like a dollar store. <laughs> okay, I love Jason Momoa Aquaman. from Dollar Store or Five and Below. I don't care. Any mm-hmm. any version of Aquaman. He has good hair. Yeah, he's ha- he has good hair. He's got so, great hair, and I just yeah. want to be with okay. As as a person who is married to a normal, like a regular sized human, mm-hmm. who's probably even on the smaller size, I would love to be with somebody who makes me feel like I'm six pounds, like I'm a six <laughs> like pound a baby. newborn baby. <laughs> <laughs> now, who knew that Raquel was just so fucking cute? Oh. The scene where they start playing pickleball and then they go from Lala to Raquel and she's like so (laughs) it is truly does make a difference she is actually one of the most genuine people on TV I think I'm like you're on the wrong show why are you on the show Raquel go save yourself do not get married to James (laughs) but also when Raquel is like drunk and crying about not being able to speak in public and getting really emotional and she says, why aren't you embarrassed of me and all that stuff? Like, James is so good with her. James is Yeah, but also doesn't... James should have said, uh, have you seen me? Like, who am I no, to be embarrassed of that. you? He did say that. He <laughs> said, leave it to me. Leave this stuff to me. I'm the one that mm. can be like that. Like, you're great in the way that you are. I was very surprised by James and his reaction to Raquel yeah. crying like that. But I also think that Raquel is under a lot of pressure around these women because she's she's literally a Bambi. She's yes, Bambi. She is. 
going into the lion's den. Yes. And these women, every word they say and everything they do is for the show. And they know exactly how to do what to do, who to have fights with, who to have issues with. They know what they're doing to keep yeah. the show alive. Raquel is like, she, she's just there, but she's not really playing the game. She's just yeah. being her authentic self. So I can see how that could seem very overwhelming for Raquel. But I also I was also thinking that on one hand I want Raquel to do better, but on another hand I feel like Raquel is has done the best for herself because yeah. her needs and things that make her happy are so it's her expectations are so low. Yeah. And I think James for James that's perfect because he can easy, he can put up a few pink and white balloons and put some fireworks and put a, a fake Coachella. And Raquel thinks this is, he has given her the world. Okay, as as you know, I've complained about this before. As somebody who was never properly proposed to. Oh, that here was we beautiful. go again. <laughs> again. <laughs> I'm just saying, I may or may not have cried at that proposal. No, it was beautiful, but I'm saying that for her, it was truly the world. And it was. It would have been the world for me too. <laughs> is all I'm saying. For me too, in a sense, because my husband would barely could barely get that done. But <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like James is they are perfect for each other only yes. because she puts up these hurdles for James to get over. Her hurdles are so low that James can actually get over them. So it's like it's attainable for James. So James is going to be able to get that done and make her happy. Yeah. And she does get very happy by having somebody very supportive. That's like she has very little expectation. I know. And so that makes her like the perfect person to be with. But she's could also easily be abused if she was with somebody with a not such a sketchy past as James. And James recognizes that he is super lucky to have her. Yeah. And I think James that is part for yeah. James is grateful yeah. for Raquel. Right. So and I, I think, think that that's that a helps. good thing. Yeah. So I, I actually think these two might stick around for a while. I hope that so, Raquel gets her voice and keeps James in his place. Yeah. I don't want somebody like James to go from I'm lucky to have Raquel. I don't want him to go from that to you're lucky to be around me. Yeah. Like, I'm helping yes. you out because, yes. yeah, you are embarrassing. Mm. You know, like, yeah. you can turn a different way very quickly. But yes. in this situation so far, I was very I was very happy for both yeah. of those crazy kids. I was very happy. Yeah. And, you know, again, I go back to this thing about James not getting his job back at Sir mm. and our conspiracy theory in the beginning of the season that I don't think that that fight actually happened. I still mm -hmm. stick by that because it's all smoothing over that too quickly. Mm -hmm. It's all yeah. it's too I'm suspicious. Yeah. This right. could have been a whole season long arc, but something happened and it got fixed quickly. Like Yes. And yeah. it might have been something as small as James saying, I don't actually really want to work at Sir. Yeah. I don't really yeah. want to work at Sir. I don't need that job anymore. Right. Right. I'd I'd like to be separate from that. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about this fucking reunion. <laughs> Why? Why would you start the reunion with Rena visiting Erica 
a week before the reunion. Why? Why would editors even have that scene in there unless they are trying to prop up Erica and have her, give her uh, an arc for rehabbing her back into this into the show? I just don't understand that. Why? Why the did first, that scene get filmed? Tell me why. The first four minutes of this reunion is footage that we've already seen mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I'm concerned about the content that we're getting here. Is it even worth four episodes? Is it even worth four episodes? Like, is part three going to be a pain in my ass? Yeah. It is. I think part, even part two and three are going to, I think all of the parts, I think every one of these reunions parts is going to have like five minutes of content that we wanted to see and everything else is going to be fluff yeah. and a lot of Halloween three, you know, whatever. Okay, why? Why, why did I? I th- okay, so as I've said, it took me a while to finish this episode. So mm-hmm. then I said, okay, this Rinna and Garcelle fight wraps up. And then I was like, oh, Kathy's coming. So something mm-hmm. exciting will happen. It was so clunky. Suddenly we got a Halloween trailer in the middle of like this weird. Pr- I was like, I don't know what? who is tickling Bravo's balls from the Richards Umansky family, mm-hmm. but you guys need to stop with this. Yeah. Product product placement is one thing. It's like movie placement. Yeah. It was so strange. It, it just, it's too much. I don't need to see Kyle Richards two minutes in the show, in the movie. First of all, they keep showing the same scene over and over again, which makes me think that that's all the scene is. Yeah. It's like I, five I minutes of the Kyle whole movie. I not really in the movie that much. Yeah. And, and I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. I don't, this is not what I signed up for. This is not why I tuned in. And I thought, the first five minutes, four to five minutes was all of the stuff that we have seen before. And then the some bizarre meeting between uh, Erica and Rena, mm-hmm. where Rena, and they are talking about there are going to be some winners and there are going to be some losers. And that's life, baby. I was like, Ugh. okay, fuck you both. But then they come in and they start talking and he does, Andy does his usual thing and he ends on Erica and he says, did you sleep well? Were you worried about And oh, Should I not have slept well? And I thought, okay, here we go. He's, go- he's going yeah. strong in on her right now. He's saying that people want to fire you. Yeah. So, okay, here we go. And then it fizzles out. It was so weird because. It was like, kept the, jumping. The, it was super choppy. Okay, well, the set is bizarre. I don't understand why the set is made for cat. It's a tacky fucking set. Okay, it looks like yes. a weird '90s sitcom set. It looks like what? It looks like a wedding in New Jersey. Okay, that's what it looks like. And mm-hmm. I don't mean Real Housewives of New yeah. Jersey. I mean New Jersey, the state where I come from. Okay, it looks yes. like a tacky wedding in New Jersey. That's what it looks like. It looks like a um, Daisy wedding where they have too much money and they bought a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's very European, and they put up all these European statues in their yard. These are the tacky daisies so who made way too much money. Have you watched uh, oh, the the, oh. Mo- the 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 um um the Greek? What is that um the w- Greek wedding movie? My big what fat is Greek that? wedding. Yeah, my big fat Greek wedding. You remember their front yard is filled yes. with statues. Yes, and that's how Indians. Who yes. suddenly get too much money? They don't know how to spend it, oh and they're putting, especially in Jersey, especially yes. in Jersey, they buy all these Italian yes. statues that have yes. nothing to do with your culture, and yes. they put it all over their lawn. Especially okay, in certain, certain parts of Jersey, you walk, you're like, 
that's an Indian home. And you know it because there are way too many Italian statues outside. Yes. Marble <laughs> statues, as far as the eye can see. It looks like in the 90s. So this is a very, it's a, it's a very niche reference for people who have consumed Bollywood movies. But remember in the 90s for a while, whenever they showed a really rich family in an Indian movie, it was the same Haveli. It was like yes. the same villa with mm-hmm. a statue and a fountain in the middle. The fountain and in the huge middle. And grand staircases. And then the car would drive up and yes. drop off their firstborn who is just returning from America. Yes! After their higher studies and now they're going to meet the girl that they're going to fall in love with <laughs> that is the set that the real housewives of beverly hills reunion was at also in reference to like they see people putting marvel statues it also looks like and also in reference to like greek people is i lived in queens for five years my husband's from queens and like people don't want to leave jackson heights because you know they bought their houses in like the 1970s so they have mm-hmm. a lot of value now so what they end up doing is they just like end up updating their houses but they're mm-hmm. so influenced by like astoria which is super greek that like indian people will make their little queens row house look like that Marble statues, <laughs> this like, like these stainless, st- like these like chrome fences. <laughs> it was so tacky. I just could not. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, Andy went in right and started with Erica. Erica says mm. alleged victims and alleged, allegedly. No. I was like, I don't know. I guess maybe she's saying that to protect herself. I'm not sure. No, I mean, she can say victims. She can yes. say that people who, uh, or, you know, she doesn't have to use victims, but she can say that these are people that uh, were in these um, uh, tragedies, right? These yeah. people that suffered from these tragedies. But she is, the way she says it, she puts it in so specifically, like his alleged crimes and his alleged victims. And... I don't it, understand it. I don't also. I also don't understand. And, and she's saying it no, but she's saying it with while attempting to prove to everybody that she actually has empathy for these victims. How do you say alleged and then say that you have empathy? I, I, no, okay. it didn't make any sense. And then Andy's like, Erica, people want to see you fired. What do you think about that? I'm like, Andy, why are you asking her this? What what do you think she's going to be like? Yeah, fans have a point. I shouldn't be here. No, of course she's not going to say that. And then she says, I have not been accused of a crime. Yeah, you haven't been accused of a crime because this is not a criminal case, bitch. This is a civil case. That's why you have not been accused of a crime. But you still owe money. You still owe money that doesn't belong to you. That doesn't belong to you. And you still benefited from money that did not belong to you. That's the bottom line. That's the part that she won't acknowledge that everything she got from Tom Girardi was victim's money. That's what is the disconnect that she will not admit that everything that she thinks she has built, the things that she has started, her whole career and Erica Jane and everything was propped up by blood money. And that's what she needs to acknowledge and be mad about. Why isn't she mad about it? It's so weird. And then throughout the entire episode, what drove me fucking insane is Erica keeps interrupting and chiming in and adding her two cents where nobody asked her. When it's about Sutton, when it's about Garcelle, when it's about Crystal, when it's about Rena, everybody, she has to Now you want to talk, bitch, when all throughout all these seasons, first of all, all the seasons, not just even this season, but all season long, every season, you brought minimum 
to the table. You barely, barely spoke. You were cold and aloof. And now you want to interject and talk every time now that your face cream isn't working on you and your neck wrinkles are showing because you don't have money. That's when you talk about now that you realize this paycheck is more important to you and you don't have money in your bank. Now you want to interject every time. Did you notice that her hair, her roots were showing? Her roots were showing and her neck was all crinkled up. It was like, oh my God, this is what happens when you miss one, a cup, one, a few, and hear me out. Esthetician, what? She must have missed like three or four appointments. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with roots showing. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with having a wrinkly neck because that's what Mm -hmm. human beings, that's what happens to human beings. No, but it shows as they, as whatever she had before. I'm just, I'm just saying there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. her. There's nothing wrong with having a root showing. There's nothing wrong with a wrinkly neck. Mm. All it's showing is just how fake she's been this whole time. This whole time, the whole Erica Jane persona, I'm a hot young thing. It's all just injections and fillers and all that, which is fine. You can do that. But also Mm -hmm. she was able to afford that because she was being, her lifestyle was paid for on the backs of people Mm -hmm. who were owed money for yeah. actual no. tragedies. There's because no her life is not a tragedy. Her right. life is her own fucked up choices. Right. And also with her face looking strange, I think what she did is she did you can get um filler on your jawline to mm-hmm. make your jawline look more pronounced and I think that's what she did and it looks horrible. Yeah. It looked horrible and for a second there I thought maybe is she doing this deliberately where she's coming in looking a little haggard to show that she's <laughs> not really spending all that money cuz I, I yeah, I don't understand what her purpose what her what her uh, strategy is coming into this reunion and being so obnoxious. I I just don't understand. But just as we were like just as I'm getting all riled up about Erica and I'm getting upset about her. Rina speaks up and then Dorit speaks up. And I have to tell you, they both made Erica look better. I felt I would have, if I had to sit with one of the three of them, I would have probably sat down with Erica before I sat down with Rina and Dorit. Because at that moment, I felt like Erica is better off because I know who I'm getting with Erica. These two snakes, you don't. They are the worst. Yeah, so this is where Dorit brings in this passively provocative thing. Mm -hmm. She accuses Garcelle of saying, making jabs to stay relevant. And I was like, we don't know who the fuck you were, Dorit. We didn't know who you were until you entered the show. Garcelle has been in the industry for ages to the point when Garcelle joined the show, it was a big fucking deal. Yes. Why are they? Do you know? Do you know? Like, they did this with, they did this with Denise too, where they Mm -hmm. were like, oh, who is Denise fucking Richards, right? Like, it was like, Denise Richards is Denise Richards. Garcelle mm-hmm. Bebeau is Garcelle Bebeau. Like, she's been around for a really, really long time. Yeah. And then Dorit says about, so she starts to apologize. Dorit starts to apologize to Garcelle about calling her a bully and says, a quality about a bully is that they are incessant. And I was like, incessant? Dorit calling anybody incessant is such a... Such a such a fucking projection. It was insane. you just you just made the Candace Candace projection about it, people who cannot see us. I did it. It automatically happened. Um, it's like a projection. <laughs> Candace is, like Noor is literally doing the Candace projection at me right now. I did the Candace projection hands. 
because uh-huh. it's so insane. This is a woman who made it through on the show by incessantly picking the same fight over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. And yes. Dorit has never known when to shut the fuck up. Dorit is talking about confessional shade and all this stuff, and it's such a problem. Let me tell you what Dorit's problem is, okay? Dorit's problem and especially going back to this thing about Rinna that comes up. So Dorit and mm-hmm. Rinna are going back and forth with Garcelle. Erica is interrupting for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Rinna is just being a, an absolute cunt with a capital C. Mm-hmm. Everybody is just like so out of pocket. Dorit is yelling. When she yelled, everybody laughed because I feel like everybody was like, oh, you're not coming back on the show. You just screamed like a psychopath mm-hmm. on everyone. You just lost your job. But all this shit is happening. Everyone keeps asking Garcelle, like, why were you so mean to us? What's your problem with this? What's your problem with us? And then Garcelle finally has to say it. She says, I was told by somebody else, by a credible source, that you did not like the fact that I brought race into this. Mm-hmm. If you look at Kyle's face, I rewound that scene three times. Mm-hmm. If you look mm-hmm. at Kyle's face... When mm-hmm. Garcelle says that, Kyle Face tells you that that actually happened. happened. Kyle Face confirms that what Garcelle heard is 100% true. Exactly. Because if Kyle, if that wasn't true, Kyle would have been the first one to say, mm, no, that didn't happen. I've never yeah. heard Rena say that. Because yeah. Kyle will just speak up when it, you know, when she, when she needs to defend the Fox Force 5, mm-hmm. she will speak up. But in that, but also it it also tells you that the source is somebody that Kyle cannot call a liar, which yes. makes me makes me think that it is a production that told her that. Yes, because remember when Garcelle finally broke down in that final dinner, mm-hmm. and where which made everybody happy, she starts off the conversation by saying, "It's I'm not making this about race, but remember she brings that yeah. up, and that made me think that why would she even say that." So I'm thinking that this happened where a producer told her that uh, Rina thinks you're going to make it about race and he, you should, she thinks you shouldn't be making it about race. So that's why Garcelle has to make that disclaimer before she starts talking about how she feels like she is an outsider and does not belong there. But the fact that she brought that up makes me believe what Garcelle is saying that it and way, the reason that Kyle did not say anything and looked like, oh yeah, that happened means that it was somebody in, in production that Kyle cannot dispute that actually said that. And Kyle knew that she it was said. Also, if you just go and see likes on Rena's Twitter, Rena liked mm-hmm. a couple of comments. One in particular was about how Garcelle is somebody who, if you disagree with her, she'll make it about something else. Yeah. So she, Rena liked that. Mm-hmm. And also, Rena is rattled, and she starts mm-hmm. fle- freaking out. Rena starts freaking the fuck out because Rena got caught, and it's so it's like a self fulfilling prophecy, right? These women, these women behave in racist ways, right? And I know that people, well, there's people who listen to us that don't understand that we're going to talk about white people in this way because we're brown people who have been subject to racism by white people. So if you don't like it shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. But these are women who are behaving in racist ways, if not to be blatantly racist, but microaggressive and behaving Mm -hmm. in ways that racists behave. It's patterns that you and I recognize over and over and over again. It's patterns that people of color have known 
recognize, we internalize it, we watch for it, and we recognize it right away and we know what you're trying to say because we have been exposed to that similar behavior over and over and over and over again. You guys are not novel. You don't come up with new ways to being racist. <laughs> you are just, you just use the same damn package of one to five and you just do the same things. When you are microaggressive, it's the same pattern. And we know that yes. because you don't seem to be able to get out of that. Exactly. And so they behave this way and they realize, like, oh, shit, I did a thing that was probably going to get me into trouble. Mm-hmm. Garcelle has a reaction to them, probably, as mm-hmm. we all have been in that situation where somebody does a racist thing and then you're like, that was super fucking weird. And now it's on the person of color. Now mm-hmm. it's on Garcelle to call them out for the shit mm-hmm. that they did. Mm-hmm. It's not on Rina or Dorit to clock themselves and adjust themselves and do the work on themselves. Now it's on Garcelle to say, you were an asshole. And what's happening here is Rina and not Rina so much throughout the season, but Dorit specifically was super problematic that conversation she had in tahoe about the help about her mother's black Mm -hmm. friend that Mm -hmm. shit was weird and Mm -hmm. after she had that conversation she was so self-conscious about coming off racist Mm -hmm. that she kept trying to bait garcelle into calling her racist so she could be on the side of oh look at these black people they're always making it about race Mm -hmm. and you know that that's true because of this because of what garcelle said that she heard from likely production so it's this whole situation like this is why it took me so long to watch it is because i've been in these situations before white people will act in a racist way and then expect you to call them out on their racism and then play victims which is what rinna does rinna Mm -hmm. starts to play a victim and garcella was proud of her she said so now you're gonna get mad at me for getting angry Mm -hmm. you're gonna get mad at me because i feel a certain way yeah like it's it's really disgusting and Again, like you said, they've, they're coming up with different ways to call Garcelle aggressive. Rena brings up Harry Hamlin and says, oh, Harry asked, what's wrong with her? She seems so unhappy. Who the fuck is Harry to comment Harry on anybody? Who the fuck is Harry Hamlin? Harry Hamlin is watching the show. No, he's not. And why the fuck do we care what Harry Hamlin thinks of Garcelle? Why exactly. is that such a big deal? Why is Rinna propping up Harry Hamlin as this as this symbol of you know what's what's okay and what's not okay for Garcelle to say and feel? It's, oh my god, it's terrible. And that's then, privilege, by the way. Yeah, and then Dorit saying, "I'm not saying you're miserable. You just seem checked out." Yes, she is going to check out because you guys are being assholes. Mm -hmm. And what you want is for her to not check out. You want her to berate you. You want her to get mad. You want her Mm -hmm. to yell at you. So then you can play the victim in this situation. Correct. And that's not, you're not getting the reaction out of Garcelle that you're looking for so Mm -hmm. that you can be the victim. It's Mm -hmm. like you poke and you poke and you poke with your racist shit. And -hmm. then when the person of color reacts, you can just say, I don't know why you have to make it about race all the time. I don't know why these black people do this like yeah. this. I don't know yeah. why people of color have to be such so sensitive. And it's yeah. like, that's the shit they're doing. And it was so absolutely triggering for me to watch. But I have to point out, I hate Kyle. We know we're not friends. We, we don't like Kyle on the show, right? We mm-hmm. always talk about Kyle is a snake. This reunion, I paid attention to Kyle the whole time. Because if if Kyle thought differently the way that we're than what we're thinking right now, she would have said it. She would have but, spoken up, but and she would have. Be, her keeping silent is not 
is not being an ally either. No, no. I'm not saying that she was an ally for sure. But yeah. I'm saying my theories about what's happening here with these white women is confirmed based on Kyle not speaking up and mm -hmm. defending them. Yeah. Kyle knows where her bread is buttered. She knows that she has to get the Halloween money. She uh, she has to kiss Andy's ass. And she's going to keep doing that. The one thing that I, I have to say in this whole debacle was this would have been a very different reunion if Garcelle had, even if Andy was not the host and if we had person of color hosting it. Because yes. the times that Andy could have stopped, when, when Dorit yelled at Garcelle, Nobody, nobody stepped in. What's her name? Um, Sutton did not, and no. neither did Crystal. Crystal, in fact, I was the most disappointed in. The woman went against Garcelle. And I was like, what the fuck is Crystal doing? She shouldn't be bringing up that when you know Garcelle is being attacked. This is something where, this is where you need allies. This is where you recognize that this is not the time or place for something stupid as where you were the one who first made that comment about not knowing Sutton. And then Garcelle said that she didn't know you either. That doesn't mean anything. That, so it's not, it's just Garcelle was responding to what Crystal had said. It didn't make I any sense. The whole thing was a mess. Them coming for Garcelle because she's shady in confessionals doesn't make any sense. Because mm -hmm. one minute they do it and then they say, well, yeah, we all do it. Yeah, you yeah. all do it. That's the point of the show. You don't, don't talk very, to me like that, Garcelle. It's, well, it's, I'll it's, talk however I want. Well, so can we. So you just told her not to talk to you like that. And now you're saying you can talk like that. Exactly. What are you, what are you it, saying right now? It's Ooh. so strange because it's very evident to me that the show is so heavily produced behind the scenes. These women really get together and they create their narratives for the season. They come in with their storylines and there's like an agreement between them because anytime something goes off plan, they freak the fuck out. Like that's mm -hmm. what's happening is they don't know how to deal with any of these changes because they're all actors, right? They're all mm -hmm. actors and you're they're right. used to their lines. And right. that's why they get so rattled is because Garcelle is coming into a reality TV show and these women are treating this reality TV show like a scripted show. Right. And there is a difference in how they react to Garcelle saying things that they weren't planning on her saying. I'm mm -hmm. sorry that Garcelle doesn't have a bunch of her gays write a bunch of lines and a little little quips for Gar for little quips right. for Dorit. Like, oh, I speak four languages and none of them makes you know whatever all that bullshit. Just doesn't make sense in any of them. Yeah. yeah, it's such a strange situation. And then what the weirdest was they have this interaction between Rena and Garcelle where Rena is saying. You were fake to me when you said that we were fine. I mm -hmm. wish you told me that you didn't want to be friends with me. I wish you told me that you didn't trust me. And Garcelle says, I did tell you that. I told mm -hmm. you that I didn't trust you. I said I was open to us being friends. And I said mm -hmm. that we could move on. Mm -hmm. I said it all season. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of all this back and forth, Rena says, I just want to move on. That's what I've been saying all season. I'm like, are you crazy? That's that's you literally took the words out of Garcelle's mouth and just repeated it. Right. And now it was 
insane. And then she goes, climbs over to the sofa and she's, they're doing this weird makeup and it's so uncomfortable because I've been in that situation Mm -hmm. where somebody's Mm -hmm. been racist Mm -hmm. and then now I have to comfort you. It's just so strange. You don't know what to do in that situation. Right. And you flip so quickly that now you're sitting on me, you're, you're loving up on me and it's all, yes, it's fake and it's all over me. It is a Ramona move and it makes you so uncomfortable because you don't want to, you are so riled up and angry at that moment that you don't know, you don't trust your own reaction. And this person is in your personal space and you just want to get that scene over with. You just want to get that, um, you know, that moment just wanted to pass and get it over with. So you agree to anything they say and you just move them on. And that's how I felt like she was, Garcelle was trapped. And just 10 seconds before she moved over, Rena says, you saying that tells me all, everything about you. Yeah. What exactly? You, Garcelle said, I, I think you, you are uncomfortable about me um, talking about race. That's what I have been told. And I believe that. And she said, do you believe that? And she said, I think I do. And she's like, Garcella is pretty much saying, Rina, I think you have an issue with my race. And yeah. I came off. And that's, and, and Rena, instead of saying, I would never feel like that, I would never say like that, I am so sorry if you felt like that. None of that. She actually, the way she says, the, the first reaction to that is to say, why would you tell me this? This is a big deal. This is a big deal, but everything Erica did was not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Second yeah. of all, and the second thing she says is that, oh, Garcelle, um, what you're saying right now tells me everything about who you are. What yeah. do you mean who she is? And then you're going to climb. Who do you there. think she is? What is yeah. it? What has it told you? And then all of a sudden she realizes, oh, shit, if I don't make up with Garcella, I'm going to be going down. So she does the Ramona move where she flips all of a sudden and says, we get along. We are so much fun. We need to make up. Life is so short. And she just climbs up on Garcella in oh, her weird. ugly, ugly, purple, purple, ugh, ugly dress. And she just gets up on Garcella and smothers her to the yeah. point where Garcella has to agree with her. That whole exchange made me want to throw up. Yes. Made me want to throw up because I have been in those kinds of situations where I am freaking mad as hell. I am stressed out. I'm mad. And now I have to control myself because I don't want to show off my actual true emotions to these bitches who are trying to provoke me into a reaction. Yeah. And then while that's happening, there's a really bizarre interaction between Erica and Dorit, where as soon as Rena goes to comfort mm-hmm. Garcelle, I don't think that was part of Erica and Rena's plan. So mm-hmm. Erica's like, what the fuck is going on here? And then Dorit mm-hmm. is like, are you sure that you're over this? Is this, do you really mean it? And then Erica goes, don't, Dorit, don't, don't, Agamon. Yeah. And then Dorit yeah. says, I'm not talking to you. And then Erica goes, shut the fuck up. Like, I was like, yeah. what is what is happening? That there? couch yeah. okay, was a weird couch. It was a completely weird couch. They couldn't get along with each other, but no. they wanted to support each other in even though they weren't getting along with each other and they were mad at each other, they were ganging up on Garcelle. Yeah. And when Garcelle was being ganged up on nobody in the entire room was coming to Garcelle's help. They didn't have to assist her, but they could say, whoa, Dorit, what you're saying is wrong. Whoa, yeah. Dorit, you need to calm down. They could have put Dorit in her place. They could have put Rena in her place. Crystal could have said, that's not cool, Dorit. Nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing from either Crystal or Sutton or Andy. 
And I was so furious that yet again, there was a black woman, an accomplished black woman sitting on this couch with all these white people who had to defend herself and defend and, and not have any allies because guess what next week when we talk about Sutton and when we talk about Crystal and when Sutton and Erica go at each other you can bet your ass Garcelle will be there helping Sutton she yeah. will be there helping Crystal and helping them and assisting them but the fact that none of them assist Garcelle and Garcelle is still nice to them makes me want to scream yeah it's absolutely infuriating it's gonna be really hard to watch three more episodes of this kind of bullshit Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really hard to see the double standards and the hypocrisy that's going to play out with the way that they talk about Erica versus the way that they talk about Garcelle. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to be hard. And, you know, and as I much as that- everybody thinks Andy's doing a great job, mm-hmm. again, Andy is like Tom Sandoval. His previous job was so low, yeah. his bar was so low that now he's asking a few questions and everybody thinks he's such a, doing such an awesome job he's not he's not if he's not going to ever be an ally to the black people that he hires the people of color that he hires on his network if he's not going to be a true ally then he's not going to be doing a great job this yeah, is yeah you're not bullshit. protecting your talent you're not protecting your talent no. you never protected your talent you didn't protect a potentially bisexual or fluid or queer woman last season you didn't protect a trans woman on Vanderpump rules years ago you didn't Mm -hmm. protect an Asian woman in Dallas you certainly did nothing to protect Ebony except for take away their paychecks for the reunion Mm -hmm. so I don't know what is happening at Bravo but it was very very aggravating Andy needs to go I'm just over that man I'm just over him there's a blind item about Andy about the network wanting to shut down watch what happens live because it doesn't really bring that many ratings and it's more of an ego boost for the host and it doesn't really do that much for the there's the also network. an announcement that Watch What Crappen Boys are making this Monday. It's going to be a huge announcement, and I'm hoping that both of them have are related to each other. Oh, <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be awesome if they come because they would treat everybody right. <laughs> yeah, they would call out everybody. Yes. All right. Well, guys, that's it for this episode. My God, how that's it for the first first version of ulcer number one. This is ulcer number one. Yeah, we have three more ulcers to go through. <laughs> Go get your jade rollers. I need to. I need to jade roll my entire. Bo- you know what we need? We need to get Pepto Bismol. I'm gonna drink no, a bottle of your, Pepto Bismol. I want your trainers. I want your trainers. The Theragun massage gun. Yeah, yeah. I don't need yep. a jade roller. The jade roller is not gonna do enough. I need the massage gun. No. I need yeah. it on high setting, whatever. And I need to mm-hmm. get all the kinks yeah. from my neck and my shoulders and my brain out right now. Yeah, yeah. But we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Bye. The reality is, is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. 
Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Adedokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also my unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. 